This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked me not to read an ad, so I'm just going to thank them for their constant friendship and support. Enjoy the show. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Eric Schinzer, and he talks to me about his love of synth wave. It's a style of music that was certainly popularized in the 80s, but there seems to be a, uh, a new musical style that is surging up since the mid-2000s and kind of taking over um, some scenes in France and the UK, and I will let Eric talk more about it, but some of the bands that are the most popular within the genre include names like Power Glove, Gunship, and Perturbator. So, uh, as you can see, there's this whole kind of aesthetic surrounding synthwave, and I think Eric does a wonderful job of speaking to why it's so much fun for him uh, and so inspiring for him to be a fan of it. It's also strongly associated with soundtracks, um, f- movie soundtracks and video game soundtracks, and we get into that a lot, and I think that also uh, feeds into Eric using it as a bit of a soundtrack of his life. Shit's getting real. Um, that's probably overreaching, but, uh, it's, it's suffices to say that, uh, this was a really fun and interesting conversation about something I was uber unfamiliar with and attempted to admit my ignorance in most of the, uh, musical aspects of the conversation. But hey, man, who gives a shit? It's just fun chatting, you know? Maybe I should have done this whole intro whisper. Because at some point, Eric spent a decent amount of time doing some ASMR recording, and it was hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. If you're not familiar with what ASMR is, he will elaborate for you, and uh, <laughs> I think you'll probably be as <laughs> entertained and unsettled as both of us were and are at any experience with the world of ASMR. But hey, maybe maybe it'll maybe you'll get tingles. That's what they. That's a that's a term they use in that. Uh, what's what what am I looking in that in that subculture? I think is probably a good word for it. Uh, if you'd like this conversation and would like to see Eric and I on stage together, you should see. Attend the Tale of Danny Tanner, a full house musical running at the Playground Theater for the next three Saturdays. That's May 14th, May 21st, 21st, and 28th. Uh, At 10.30 at night, we had our opening night last Saturday, and it was a total blast. 
Eric is so, so, so funny in this show, and everyone in the cast is just really talented and really on top of things, and it was a joy to take on this challenge of essentially producing a musical script into a show in a month. Uh, We did it. I'm proud of it. Come see it. It's a blast. Um, Other things that you can come see if you so choose. The Nerdalogs have a couple of your stories coming up this very weekend. If you are listening to this the week it was released on May 14th, we're doing a show as a part of Lake FX, which is a very cool thing uh, organized through the like Chicago Cultural Center um, with a lot of musicians and other creatives um, telling people about their industry and doing panels and workshops and all these crazy weird things. Um, and we got asked to be a part of it, which is very cool. So we will be at the podcast stage at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning uh, doing a Your Stories event with the theme I'm in. And that's at the Chicago Cultural Center, third floor, Lake FX Hub in Preston Bradley Hall. If you would like to see some evening podcast recording, comedic storytelling, such, you can come the next night, Sunday, May 15th, at the Cards Against Humanity Theater, the Sum Office Theater, 1917 North Elston. Our very own Dwight Hassler, who does just the most wonderful job of singing and playing in cover stories the band that both hosts and provides audio musical entertainment for every single your stories event uh has cultivated the storytelling lineup for that night as it is his birthday so we'll be celebrating Dwight's birthday and listening to the wonderful array of storytellers that he's accrued. If you ask yourself, but how is that? How does he have the credentials to do that? I mean, my response is he's been at every damn one of these shows. <laughs> he's seen more storytelling than you could possibly fathom. And he got to choose the people that he wanted to tell stories. If that isn't a good mark of a good show I don't know what is Uh, listen to the other shows in the Chicago podcast co-op including MBSing including your stories and including match three exploring the cultural context of video games with Kotaku reporter Patrick Klepek freelance writer Jita Jackson and middle school teacher Sam Phillips. So if you enjoy the video game context of Synth Wave, then I think you would enjoy Match 3. I think that's all I've got. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Eric for this wonderful convo. Oh, Metronome. (laughs) Yeah, the new... um, The new GarageBand defaults to starting with, like, a Metronome 4 count. Yeah. Um, I'm very familiar. I turn it off every chance I get. <laughs> I know. I I haven't been using the new one long enough to be used to it yet. Oh, it's it's super good. They have like automation and everything like that now. It's definitely a lot better. It's just the learning curve was like 
intimidating is probably the wrong word, but like inconvenient is probably the more. There's no instruction manual. Like you have to be like, I'll go to help. And then it's like, you want to pay for help? Yeah. Yeah. I know how the old one works. I'm just going to use that for a while. But in like the two weeks that I've been using the new one, I'm like, you idiot. There's so many better things about this. (laughs) Every time you've complained about the bugs of whatever it was, like 5.1 or whatever the old one. uh, It's all stuff that's like way better on this version. Yeah, they took out some of the loops, which I was upset about, but I was like, yeah, whatever. Mm, Looping, baby. Loops, man. Apple loops. (laughs) How much do you make your own music? Uh, I do a lot actually, and I'm doing more now because I don't have my job. Oh uh, hell yeah! I got a lot to write about recently, <laughs> so I do like the arpeggiator. Since I'm into synthwave, I'm like, yeah. oh, arpeggiator and all that stuff. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, I've I should use GarageBand more for its music abilities and not just its uh, record your voice into tracks <laughs> abilities. I mean, it's for everything. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, fair enough. For, for enough. My guest today is Eric Shinzer. And Did we already start? We started, baby. Oh, my God. I'm recording, baby. Oh, baby. Snuck right in there. Uh, I mean, I could have I started so long ago. Think of all the <laughs> journeys we could have gone on. We could have filled two episodes <laughs> with this one. Missed uh, but I enjoy that we got to have that and no one else did. Nice. nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just for us. <laughs> No one will know outside of this room. <laughs> true that. True that. Uh, and he's um, going to be talking to me about his love of synthwave. Yeah. I had to remember what, because uh, it's a new wave is part of it or something else. I'm going to let you explain it. Oh, so. Uh, what, you- first of all, what would you say the origin of your love for synthwave is? And that may not necessarily answer the question of what it is, mm-hmm. but I think it's a good place to start from. Yeah, like I was all about like synthesizers back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like I would seek out songs that were like, everyone's like, man, this song rocks. And I'm like, no, nah, man, this song rocks. <laughs> and it was always like <laughs> weird synthesizer stuff like uh, Dire Straits. And everyone's like, oh, man, Money for Nothing. I'm like, Money for Nothing is pretty good. But have you heard uh, Walk of Life? <laughs> Which has a bunch of synth in it. It just has like this weird like organ where it's like do 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 do. Oh yeah. Do 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 do. I know exactly what song that is. Yeah, I I had it and then I lost it. And I spent like years being like, what is that song? That's so funny. Finally found it and held on to it. Um, and then I guess like moving into the, into the nineties, uh, when. PowerPoint was first introduced to kids okay. in elementary school and uh-huh. middle school. And you would take all your classic <laughs> jams and you would turn them into MIDI files. Oh, yeah. So, like, Jump sounds super pimp <laughs> in a MIDI format, let me tell you. I bet it does. It it sounds pretty dope. And you have to throw that little, like, speaker icon or megaphone icon into the corner of your PowerPoint slide. Yes, you throw it in the corner and you say like autoplay as soon as that slide hits and jump starts and then you do all the things where the clip art gets segmented and you take like a little clip art man's head and it's flown away by a bird <laughs> while jump's playing and that'll get you an A in computer science class. What was the project in the first place just to like demonstrate that you could use yeah the software yeah so like in middle school there was just a class where it's like we're gonna teach you about word we're gonna teach you about excel like here here's how you make like a random number generator and make like a weird like eight ball sure. program right but we finished so fast 
that because because they're like here's here's all the stuff like here's your pathway and you have all these folders to get to and each one has a project and you write stuff down you put it in there and you put your disc in there right okay so we blew through that and then we just played like <laughs> we we net we were the first people to be like networking in the computer lab and playing uh, Rainbow Six. Oh Jesus! <laughs> the first one. Yeah. And we were like, no, it's educational. And he's like, all right, we'll just. It's Mr. Johnson who was like, just make sure it's educational. <laughs> we're like, yeah, sure it is. Yeah, Tom Clancy wrote these books. I now understand <laughs> about mortality because if I am shot once, I am dead. <laughs> so that was my reasoning for that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how I got into it. Is I was always like, oh man, synthesizers and like. Uh, just the the range of like what you could do like arpeggiators are my favorite thing mm-hmm. where you can go up and down those scales like so fast. Okay, so it's it's uh, that's is that a s- just like a setting on a synthesizer that you can just yeah I'd say like you you play like a chord and then you have like uh, F F minor is my favorite <laughs> it's the saddest of chords <laughs> uh, but you hit that and you can hit like different like like uh, I don't know like uh, different intervals like up top. Mm-hmm. And it will just go through at an inhuman pace and just like in time, just go do 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 do. Gotcha. Back down. Gotcha. What's a good musical example of that? Like, what song would you say has uh, iconic examples of that? Ooh, dang. Um, I would say uh, "Holding Out for a Hero" by Bonnie Tyler has that sure. a lot. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because she's like holding out for a hero. I'm a hero to the rest. The rest of the night, I'm butchering this, but Bonnie and Tyler knows. He gotta be tough, and he's gotta be fresh from the fire. I need a hero. And underneath that, it's just like a little thing that's going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. So that's that's an arpeggiator, and you know, pop culture. If you want to talk about mainstream, or as I like to call it, the Ba stream, ba ba she. Wait, lame stream. Oh, lame stream. There you go. You got it. You're better at this than me. I wasn't sure if you were purposefully eschewing the lower fruit, but. Oh, just offering it to you? Yeah, I would. I would for sure. You know, you're the host. I'm a guest. I'm just being a real. real I appreciate that. I appreciate But like. Here's my gift basket of low hanging fruit for you. (laughs) Bob. Baba stream though that's that's good stuff. Thank <laughs> you, sheep. And she- I was like, sheep stream. <laughs> Baba stream. Have you any fools? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three containers of pop culture full. <laughs> you philistines. <laughs> mm. Thank you for being willing to like dane me worthy of like lowering yourself to get me on board with the thing that you love yes when i start talking about things that i love like all my like senses and wits go out the window and i'm just like let me tell you about this thing this is the best but that's why i love doing this because like i would say at least 75 percent of the time the like the top that's what kind of topic it is for the person oh yeah 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 where it just like lights them up and they're like most of the time people don't let me do this (laughs) this this is where mary beth sees like the true side of like every single person (laughs) and then there's just one episode and they're like oh don't listen to that episode it's just me i'm <laughs> I was on something that day. I was talking about, you know, Joanne Fabrics. And yeah, that's my thing. That's my deepest passion. That's your deepest passion is Joanne Fabrics. Joanne Fabrics, yeah. You can't be those deals, man. 
I mean, if you see a good deal, you gotta can't get be it. those craft deals. Fifty cents a yard. <laughs> My God. Uh, <laughs> so, so you had the love for the synth. Mm-hmm. Where did you discover this? Like the go full on deep into like synth wave, like just isolating that kind of music as opposed to finding it in popular music? Or do you feel like that was like right off the bat? Like I would identify with that because like I'm into, I guess, like a lot of like minor modes and like diminished modes. Okay. Yeah. So like things that are like not like there can be a happy one sometimes. Like I, I do like a kick and jam. Mm-hmm. Um, But like I would, I guess this is also part of like again education because in german class they would be like oh well we're gonna learn songs and so they put on like this collection well german i feel like germany has uh, a deep love for the for the sin they still do they've never given it up (laughs) they've never given it up with Uh, a name like schinzer (laughs) i have to right i need to do this if i don't then i'm doing a disservice to my my family heritage uh but they had like a collection of cds that they always play that's just like uh neue neue deutsche welle okay which is just new new german wave (laughs) so like it's new wave music from the 80s and we're just like well i guess and there were some kicking tunes on there there was like uh major tom like the bowie song major tom no this is uh this is peter schilling space oddity space oddity that's what it's called yeah that's what bowie's is called but this has limited uh limited English, <laughs> English, and also limited connection with that song, yeah. other than just the plot of like, oh, they shot this guy up into space, but it's like all new wave. Okay, and it's just about like, it's so dumb. <laughs> like if I were to sing it, like Peter Schilling is like doing like these, he's trying to get it back to English, so he's like, everyone is checked in the cabin. Our lights are green. <laughs> we are sure. Come on, Major Tom, get in the spaceship, punch it up and now. It's falling down. <laughs> the countdown starts. And it just like goes and it's like the and the, the countdown is to the chorus. So every single time you just hear Peter Schilling go, four, three, two, one, earth below us, drifting, falling. Oh, that sounds familiar. That see yeah. the chorus everyone gets, but like if you listen to the beginning of it, it's all like my favorite guitars, which is just like a weird like fender strat. That has just like a little bit of phaser on it and it's cleaning and it's just doing like a nice little funk where it's going. Yeah, I know exactly what song you're talking about once yeah. you got to the chorus. <laughs> now imagine that song where it's like, Welt unter hinten. Oh, God. I'm trying to remember the word. It's the German one because uh, the German one is like scary because they're all talking. Oh, yeah, like the words sound terrifying in the way that they're singing them. I was Clark. It was terrifying and like the chorus. Uh, I'll think of it by the end of this podcast and I'll sing it for you in German. Please. Uh, do you think that it was actually, do you think you actually like learned German phrases from things like that? Because oh. you were a uh, fan of both things? Yes. For real? For real, yeah. Like there was this weird song called Ice Bear, which is just about... Uh, polar bear who just cries but it's so cold ice bar isn't that uh, ice bear German for okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> just literally sounds the same they yeah it's it's the same thing ice ice bear mm-hmm. a bear of ice <laughs> he's up there the Germans are real good at just like being like oh it's in a cold place and he's a bear and it's ice bear 
So, yeah. But yeah, they're... That's true, though. They just have, like, most of their words are just putting together two other words that describe the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They love compound words. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember a friend of mine who took German uh, in high school and taught me Google Schreiber, uh, ballpoint pen. Ah, yes. The Google Schreiber. <laughs> or the Cooley. Is that like a. Sh- a That's a short word. That's like the slang was like, oh, haben Sie Cooley? Because no one wants to say Google Schreiber every Google time they Schreiber. have to ask for a pen. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, if there's a longer word, the youth of Germany is like, that's dumb. <laughs> Let's shorten that down. Uh, that's so funny. Uh, I can't imagine how difficult that would be to pick up on dialectically, though. Like, if you thought you knew German. Uh, yeah. And then they're like, fuck you. They're like, no, sorry. <laughs> Wrong. You sound like a moron. Google Schreiber. Why don't you push your glasses up, you big nerd? Get out of here. I'm going to go on the U-Bahn. <laughs> that's where I think it would happen. Is like a short, a short, uh, patienced businessman just being like, no, goodbye. <laughs> Do you feel like you still keep up with a lot of that slang because you have the interest in the like music and culture that is so inherently German? I, I mean, if if like Germany releases something that's like, oh dang, like that's pimp, then you are you're on top of it. Then I'm like, yeah, uh, they've been kind of slow recently because they, uh, I don't know, like I. I like the um, the Euro music or what? Mm-hmm. What it? Lauren Summers loves it, and it's uh, it's called Euro something. Okay. But like Sweden and Finland participate in it. It's basically like American Idol oh. for all of Europe. Oh, Eurovision! Eurovision! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah oh, yeah, God yeah. bless Lauren Summers and Eurovision. <laughs> I hope she's listening. God bless her and good night uh, for Eurovision. We'll tag her somewhere along the line. Perfect, yes. <laughs> uh, but they, Germany is all about that now. So they're just like generating like a million people who have like the same voice. And they're like, yeah, we're we're Germany. We're singing oh, like all this. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, but Synthwave uh, is like super big in Paris and mm-hmm. like the bigger cities of France. And they, they started it. And it was all, it started, I think, with like Daft Punk. Because that they use, yeah, they use a lot of uh, synth synthesizers and like cool beats that they just created, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Dang, that's dope as hell." Mm-hmm. They infused funk with it a little bit, and then yeah. everyone's like picking up on that, and then they kind of were like, "Well, we'll just go funk. We'd go funk with a little electronic," and you can kind of hear it with like their computer voices. You're like, "I remember that from the '80s. I remember stupid, uh, not Phil Collins, uh." Who, man, you know Peter Gabriel? Not Peter Gabriel. He's the guy who always does the computer voice. Was like, "Do you feel?" Oh, Peter Frampton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The talking heads. Uh, no, no, he's just on his own. Uh, just Peter Pe- Frampton. Uh, d- this is hard to come up with like eighties <laughs> references and be like, "Yeah, my dad listened to that." But talking. Sorry, I'm obviously not like super on top of things either. So no, that's no fine. Judgments here. Talking heads was uh, Pete Byrne, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I knew it was, I have like, it's very similar for me, like my most of my relationship to music of that era or like kind of veering into classic rock is all via my dad. So it's like yeah. bits and pieces of things. Like uh, I remember one of the things that he like, just this like random piece of trivia that he was like, uh, hey, remember this kind of thing was like the band Golden Earring. Only ever had like two hits. They only ever had two hits, 
Uh, they were like a two-hit wonder, basically. And one is Radar Love. I do know Radar uh-huh. Love. Okay. And the, and the other one is uh, When the Bullet Hits the Bone. When the Bullet Hits the Bone. Uh, I don't remember much more of the song than that. But like, but... Uh, he was like, you know, Ben's. It was like one of those songs that would come on. Like Radar Love was such a a pretty big song. Yeah. That and like classic rock stations only play like ten bands. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he was like, you know, they they're getting the let out. They have Metallica Mondays. Like it's just all. Uh, uh, I know a lot of like those stuff stuff, but don't know like who sings each song, Yeah, you know, because I just didn't care enough about it. But, like, my dad would, for some reason, always be like, you know who sings this? And, like, eventually, like, you know, the third time he asked, I'd be like, yeah, Golden Earring. (laughs) Golden Earring. The classic band, Golden Earring. We all remember them. Right, exactly. So, for me, that's, like, my relationship with, uh, with that kind of era of music is, like, just little, little pieces here and there. It is impossible because there were like I was watching like a bunch of documentaries because I'm a big documentary guy, especially mm-hmm. like music documentaries mm-hmm. and talking about like the New York punk scene and like all these bands that I have never heard of. Yeah. But like other bands like the Misfits being like, yeah, they I were really like them and mm-hmm. they were probably better than us. And I'm I'm just sitting there being like, I have no reference for this, but I'm super interested. Yeah, it seems like it does seem like it was an era where like. There was no, I guess there's never really been a very clear, like, this is the best person at this, so s- they should be the most well-known. Like, yeah. how does any of that ever really happen, you know? It, it is that where it's like a band has like a modicum of success just from like being in the right place at the right time. Right, right, yeah. Where And they can go look up and go, oh, these people should have been. Yeah. And fans of that band know that, but outside of that world. I, I'm amazed though, like you do those interviews and like there's the top tier band and they're like great and dressed out and everything like this. And then they'll be like, no, but this guy, like right. super good. And that guy is like still doing it. And they're like, yeah, w- if he needs anything, like I will give it to him. That's crazy. It's it's insane. I, I have never, I don't know. I don't know how to think about it because how else, it's not like you can. It's not like you can just legitimately be some sort of meritocracy. Like, there's no way of being aware of everything. Like, <laughs> there's no, like, king sitting on a throne of <laughs> I wish there success. was. Don't we all? <laughs> I wish there was. That would be so easy. Like, if you can't get the king because he's busy, like, get the rook or get the bishop. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that those people are, like, as equally good. Right, right, right. Like, they're your, I'm going to use a bad term, but they're, they're your lit to offspring. If you will. Like, <laughs> offspring is pretty good, but lit. Let me tell you, lit. Lit really did it. They were the kings for sure. My own worst enemy. Oh, God, what a great song, lit man. God bless you, lit. Oh, I remember at some point in my life singing the lyrics to my own worst enemy, and my dad kind of like getting angry at me mm-hmm. uh, because I was saying, like, can we forget about the things I said when I, I was, was drunk? drunk? I didn't mean to call you that. And, like, not really thinking about what I was singing. And he was like, okay. And I was probably, like, too young to be singing about some dude who, like, called his girlfriend a cunt when he was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what we're supposed to assume Wait, so you got, it is, right? You, I, I think so. But, like, <laughs> do you did you get the unedited versions of these CDs? Um... 
I don't think I ever listened to. Uh, I think I was only listening to like radio edits. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, Papa Roach's Infest album is <laughs> terrible to get the edited version because you don't know what half Any of the content of it is. is. It's just like broken home, never alone. Boy, I'm, and you are. <laughs> we are. Ah, uh, I wish that I was. Like all just blanks. I brought. I bought the um, at the time Lil Bow Wow CD. <laughs> Little Bow Wow, he's not a little anymore. Uh, just Bow Wow. Um, but I bought that for myself, and my dad was displeased. And I was like, Dad, it's he's like thirteen. He's rapping about taking girls to amusement parks. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty clean. It is lukewarm. Like it is meant for me. So just chill out. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he had a song called Puppy Love. <laughs> like, I mean, he he really stuck to that theme. You know, his name. Everything. <laughs> when you got it, flaunt it. You know. <laughs> if you have it, like, please it, it, grab that zeitgeist to never let go. Right, right. Uh, I mean, he was Snoop Dogg's nephew, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That I think that's part of where it came from as well. Come on, yeah. then that's kind of like, <laughs> oh, it's Snoop Dogg, and here is his younger cousin, little Bow Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's because Snoop Dogg does a verse on one of his one of the songs on his first album really my god a lot of the people in uh, I think it's So So Deaf was the label that he was on that's Snoop Dogg's label or is that uh, I think it's Jermaine Dupri's oh Jermaine Dupri we don't hear a lot about Jermaine <laughs> Dupri but he's still out there but you know you like you remember the name Oh, I do, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, way off topic. <laughs> hey, man, we're gonna talk about all music that is it. in like the eighties, nineties yeah. hole. We'll, we'll get through it all. We started with Lit. We ended with Snoop Dogg. Like, <laughs> that's pretty much the nineties for you, right there. Early two thousands. That there's definite merit to that, because yeah, that would have been late nineties, early two thousands for for when I was getting super into Little Bow Wow. I don't know what it was. I just really liked it. Like You have that though. Like you have that one C D like you play in the car and you play everywhere and you're like, where is my little Bow Wow C D? Yeah. I can't go anywhere without my little Bow Wow C D. For a while that was probably it, yeah. I still know a lot of the words to it. Like if I hear Al like he had a lyric about Alan Iverson, which is also like so of the era. Yeah. Uh but he's yeah. A uh, little with the ill crossover like Iverson. <laughs> Iverson did have a sick crossover. <laughs> he was a very good basketball player. So uh, Jimmy Pennington was saying that recently. Like he was comparing, I think he was comparing a, a current basketball player to Iverson. And I looked at him and said, <laughs> little with the ill crossover <laughs> like Iverson. Yes. And he was like, ah. yes. <laughs> sure. I'm making a sports <laughs> reference right now. What are you doing? <laughs> Exactly. Oh. That's exactly how he was. That is too good. <laughs> That's like coming out of left field, swinging for the fences. <laughs> like if baseball were reversed and you were coming out of left field with a baseball bat <laughs> and, and literally swinging at Jimmy field. Pennington. He's like, I don't know what you're doing. You don't even have a glove. You're not here to catch balls. I guess you're just going to destroy one of the players. <laughs> <laughs> You're the muscle of baseball. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's too good. <laughs> <This is> beautiful <laughs> analogy. <laughs> but also, like, 
So I, Jimmy and I have a funny relationship, which is like pretty much that all the time, where he just tries to like tear down my joy and light <laughs> because it, it delights him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he also knows I could take it. Like I think there are some people who are like full of joy and light that he like doesn't mess with because he's like, no, they need that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I think he fucks with me because he knows that I I'm like strong enough to be like, fuck you, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> You're the brightest light in a room full of dim lights. Yeah. There's something about me that he just wants to corrupt so badly. Uh, do you, does he ever succeed or you're like, no? Uh, Have you ever been sad at Jimmy Pennington? The thing that I, I don't think so. I did, we're on a team that plays weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did once before a show tell him that my least favorite word for f- female genitalia was gash. And then he proceeded to use it approximately four times during the show. Uh. And I was like... It was just like the first time he said it, I was like, "Why did I tell him that? Why did I tell him that? Why did I tell him that?" <laughs> when like, did it? When? At what time were you like, "All right, that's it"? Uh, during the show, like there was at some point where he said it when we were on stage together, and like it wasn't even like I was legitimately mad at him. It was just like that's just the kind of stuff he does. Like he's a button pusher, and uh, I was like, "Okay, like I think that's enough." <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, you shut him down. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's enough. And then. Uh, it's just little things like that. But I don't think I've ever been legitimately like, hey, too far. Um, Jimmy, you better be what's listening. What's the point? <laughs> Time to go too far. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was one other thing I was going to I was gonna say about performing with him on that. Oh, the, oh, but I've learned that the best way to shut him down is to just like feedback exactly what he wouldn't want to hear from me like if he's trying to push my buttons or be like gross or vulgar then if i top him it stops him immediately in that's, his tracks. that's good it's good to know that i have that ability you just have that one thing where you're like mm-hmm. oh your mother is a open sewer hole and right. you were born out of that you slime donkey <laughs> yeah like basically he said something about like thinking a child was attractive at some point recently and i was just like mm, yeah give me those baby dicks <laughs> like give me those baby dicks yeah. oh and he was like oh and i was like hey man oh man i know why you did it i can play that game i know why you did it oh man oh man we i baby dicks has come up a lot recently for me oh so yeah that's, yeah we were talking about uh those stupid brisses oh yeah mm-hmm. where the moles are like if they're real orthodox i'd be like do you want me to suck on the baby's penis? And then I'm. That's I, real. That's real. And in the state of New York, in the city of New York, uh, they had like an outbreak of herpes because this one no. mole was just like going around being like, "Ah, oh, we got to perform this right." The matitsa pepe. Oh my pepe. god. I don't know. Whatever hey, guess what? Is, I'm not Jewish. So if anyone wants to write in the show and be like, "No, it's pronounced matitsa pepe," <laughs> please do. Yeah, whatever. If you want to kernug correct uh hebrew pronunciation then yeah but they were doing that and there was like an outbreak of herpes so then the city like cited they're like hey you can't do this unless you get like written consent from both parents what and then this one guy recently just did it because he looked at the father and he's like do you bring any prostitutes in the home uh no okay i gotta do this now and just like did it and the father was sitting there being like i don't well i'm of the faith i guess oh boy Jesus Christ. Yeah, so there's something for you. When you talk about baby dicks, I'm just thinking about that mm. image. I'm sorry I brought that bunch to your of, mind. Bunch of brisses everywhere, man. Yikes. Yo. Wow. 
So before we started recording, you told me that, oh, but Synthwave is specifically in like Paris and a bunch of other cities in France. Yeah. So like, but it's also becoming like this very new popular thing. Yeah. So I'll go through a list of names and it's going to sound fucking ridiculous, but (laughs) these are the names of the bands. So like in France. So this is kind of what like the uh, like the Misfits naming another band kind of thing. Yeah. So like I'm I'm gonna go through the list. And you know gonna all be these like, people, but like most people wouldn't. They'd be like, I don't know what the hell this guy's saying. And when you're hearing the names, you're gonna be like, This is dog shit. <laughs> why? Why is this a thing? Okay. But uh, in like it started real early in Paris. Uh, like so we have Daft Punk being kind of like the mm-hmm. the main one down there. Um, but as far as what I consider synthwave, and I'm like, these are my number one dudes mm-hmm. in the hole right now, <laughs> is bands like Perturbator. Oh, no. Uh, Dynatron. <laughs> uh, there's VHS tape, which no. is great. There's like, uh, oh, man, there's like. And all of these are French? Uh, th- those guys are. And then Carpenter Brute is also French. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other ones. Um, perturbator, perturbator, and we have we have an American one, which was which would be Power Glove, which was way back. They've been I around. I feel for like a while. I've heard of Power Glove. Yeah, they're like, but ever- that's also like what the Nintendo thing was, right? That's why that's they did the it. namesake. Yeah, so they started doing video game music. Oh, and cool! Then they were contracted to do the soundtrack to Far Cry Three Blood Dragon, which was a video game mod for Xbox Three Sixty about Far Cry Three. <laughs> But it was all done. What in like is a the, mod? Uh, just like a modification. Okay. For modification. Okay. So someone just made this like uh, independent of the game. So it's like, hey, remember that cool game that you have? We re- we reskinned it. Like we did all the. Re- I've heard that term before and just never been like, hey, what is that? <laughs> oh yeah, no. <laughs> like if you want to be like the quintessential, like what is the mod? It would be like uh, friggin'. Uh, right, right now the hot debate is like, man, Daisy was a great mod for Arma Two, but Arma Three came out, and we don't have a Daisy mod. Oh, I see. This so is all. It was, it's almost like fan fiction, right? Yeah, kind of. So, well, if you're talking about programming, like someone was like, man, I wish that this was in the game. I'm gonna make it. Gotcha. I did it. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. they made this, but it was like all predatory, like 80s style. Like there's scan lines in the damn. Like sky and the sky is red uh. for some reason. The mountains are blue, and we're running around this real predatory, like <coughs> twilight haze, shooting uh, laser, laser eye dinosaurs and stuff like that. Like all this ridiculous stuff. Uh-huh. And that's where it came from, uh, as far as like the resurface of that, because everyone's like, "Man, that game was really? cool as hell." Yeah. That's interesting. So, Power Glove kind of made broad U.S. popularity. To it, yeah. If anyone, say? if anyone played that game and Power Glove, I believe it's US. I, now I'm getting dicey when I'm like, oh man, no locations. Worries. But yeah, Power Glove has been, cares. yeah, they've been around for like ever, and they started with just like instrumentals, like they'll shred and stuff like that. But then they started doing this synthesizer stuff, and everyone was like, this is really cool, predatory, mm-hmm. sets the mood. It was like it was almost like the Terminator 2 soundtrack, but if they were being real cute about it <laughs> and trying not not to get sued, so they changed like the rhythm and stuff like that. Oh, that's funny. Sure. Yeah. So uh, they did that, but everyone loved it, and then that brought the whole like aesthetic and style of like, oh man, look at all this neon bullshit. Like the I have a laser sword and I'm shooting a mega gun mm-hmm. at at a laser raptor. Is everything of the that similar era? 
uh, you know, the Dinotron. <laughs> yeah, Dinotron, everything like that. Just that in a name, I think, sums it up. They're so dumb. There's another one that's like Mega, Mega MC, I forget what it is. It's like Mega Drive. That's what it is, Mega Drive. Uh-huh. So all, all the names are like derivative of like, what's this? Stupid, like '80s quintessential name. It's like the German language of like '80s things. It is like if if they didn't get in the '80s, by God, we're gonna get it now. Perturbator, what a pervert, weird language. Yeah, I was like, what is that even a, a supposed to be a portmanteau of? Like perturbed. Perturbator? He's perturbed, but he's like a masturbator, so it's like masturbator. Yeah, perturbator. that's. Oof. But his music is dope. As I was hell. gonna say, but if you like it, <laughs> if you like it, so yeah, synthwave is all like kind of like an orchestral score of like an '80s <laughs> movie. Like these albums run like they were scored to like a hypothetical, high predatory like '80s movie. Do a lot of it, is a lot of it just uh, uh, instrumentals? So yeah, so like Perturbator is instrumentals except for uh oh, except for like he'll get featured artists, which I'm like oh super really excited about one of them. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be friends with this person. Sure, they're never gonna respond. I'll just like their page. Uh, this one woman, like uh, Isabella Golversick, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll call on the show. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but she just has a Facebook page, and she's like, yeah, just be my friend. Cool. So I'm friends with her, and I was like, this is amazing. Your voice is like the silky, like husky '80s, where it's like, we can go there. Yeah, hell yeah. And I'm like, this is this is dope. That's awesome. It's like real noiry. Like everyone loves like noir. That uh, sounds really cool. I'm definitely gonna have to look that yeah, up. Yeah, look, I'll give you your like. I'll find her on Facebook and show you her. But like, she's Please. great. Yeah. A- afterwards, if you want to send me uh, anything, like. Any good, any good clips? Hell yeah! I got them all on my phone. I got Gunship. There's another one, Gunship. (laughs) What a dumb name! So, gosh, it is like a Mad Libs. Like, it really just two things. Anything like kind of sci-fi futuresque, like a weird like sci-fi neo noir Uh is what I'm gonna coin it as. Sure, that makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. Gunship. Like, we're talking about Neo-Tokyo, like, 2038 or something like that. Yeah. Like, that. that's what we're, that's the K, that's, the, I, don't know why, I don't know why I was going to say that's the K-hole of, <laughs> of Synthwave. That's that's our ketamine hole right there. Good Lord. Caught in the K-hole of Synthwave. <laughs> uh, but that, like, it spread to the UK, and then, like, there it are It sounds pe- like ghosts in the shell, if I'm to understand what that is yeah. about. So, like, a lot of noir where it's, like, a bunch of future bullshit is going on, but really, like, it's just, like, a classic noir story. Like, we're doing Chinatown, but yep. instead of stealing the water, they're stealing, like, the Metatron from the lake of <laughs> yeah, energy. Right. The unobtainium, if you will. Unobtainium. That's real great. <laughs> or the orichalcum. We don't know. Oh. <laughs> Final Fancy Nerd is what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You need the orichalcum to craft the master blade <laughs> to defeat Ruby Weapon. You fucking nerds. <laughs> I... By your description and what you just said makes me want to say that I feel like Kingdom Hearts is a Final Fantasy mod with a bunch of Disney characters. That's what it is. Okay. That is exactly what it is. It's okay. like a weird like test bed for what would be a failed project of Final Fantasy thirteen. I beat the whole first Kingdom Hearts. I fucking loved it. <laughs> I, this is a story that everyone hates me for. Uh, I I was like, Kingdom Hearts is so dumb. I watched everyone play it, and then I was like, yeah, I'll play it. I don't give a shit. 
So I played it. I got up to like the last boss, and he's like, I will now change into my final form. And I sat down on the controller. I'm like, nah, this is dumb. I'm not going to play it. What? I got to the final boss. I'm like, this is making goddamn sense. And you sense. quit halfway through? I didn't quit halfway through. I quit at the end. And then I picked up Kingdom Hearts 2, <laughs> and it did the same thing. That's just for the sake of... No, I. There are certain games where you're like addicted. You're like, dang, I gotta collect all the. I gotta collect yeah. all the shit. I gotta get like this one chest that's in this high place that I can't see right now, but I know it's there. Did and you I'll come do back that stuff? Yeah, I. Okay. That's why I referenced Orichalcum. I got all the Orichalcum. I got the ultimate blade. That's they do the same thing at the end of Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is like we we did that, and then like I fought Sephiroth and everything mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. and Sephiroth. I don't say that one right right. because all the nerds will get mad at me about that one. I think that's right. The half-winged angel (laughs) and samurai sword. Uh, (laughs) Like I beat him, and I was like, "This is great. I this these are fun because I recognize these characters." But where I'm coming from is why stop? Well, that's the thing is that we have this mentality where it's like you, and especially in video games, where it's like I have to get everything, I have to do everything, I have to complete it to the nth degree. I will go back and replay it on like New Game Plus and run everything and. I I used to do that, mm-hmm. and I've gotten to the point now where like, and it kind of came back with like the new Xbox One. It's just being like I have to collect every goddamn thing, mm-hmm. and you spend the whole you spend a whole weekend oh. just on video games alone, just being like I gotta do this now because mm-hmm. this is free time. This is I don't want to wash dishes. This is what <laughs> I'm doing. So I I started to be like, no, nah, you know what? I don't need to finish this. It's like picking up a book that sucks, and then you're like, well, I gotta finish it because I bought the book. Yeah, I guess that's fair, but like, if even if you read the book and you just don't read the last two pages, did you still make a statement? <laughs> did I still make a statement? <laughs> no, but I was like, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. Like, you I'm think li- it makes more of a statement to stop right before the end? No, I it just got so, got so dumb when they're like the heartless, oh. and now there are husks. But they are mm, the right. heartless okay. people of heroes. See, that's more what I was looking for. It was oh. like, what made you put it down? Yeah, so like when I get to that point where they're like, the heartless. It just felt dumb, and you're like, why did I spend so much time on this? Yeah, and they're like, oh, he defeated a very strong heartless. I'm like, great. Put him back in the black pit. Yeah, right. The right. Ga- Kingdom Hearts should be called Put Him Back in the Black Pit. <laughs> and that's what that game should be called. And then they got so ridiculous. Like, I love Final Fantasy games because they're interesting and everything like that. But as soon as they go into the bullshit of, like, why, I am immediately and Angry. furiously turned off when they're that's like, so funny. what you didn't know about the capsule back in Shinra and who is the who is the ca- who is the owner of Shinra? Right. Uh, the, President Shinra. All the anime stuff, it just drives me up a wall because yeah. I'm like, this I'm sure is important for someone I Could vehemently I vehemently disrespect it. Like, I, I hate it. Do you think it's just bad writing? I think it's it's What it's an causes an- what like, because I think about this a lot because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not really a fan of the genre and because um, I just don't think it's like a Final Fantasy or of, of uh, anime, like anime, like kind of, kind of all of it. Like I got really into Kingdom Hearts because I just liked Disney bullshit, mm-hmm. like, and it was fun to like see, be like play video games in different Disney movies. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and I loved that about it. And like Alice in Wonderland was like really hard and weird because you'd show up on different walls and stuff. That that's cool. That's and, a like, cool gimmick, yeah. right? And like you have to swim through the Little Mermaid land, like mm-hmm. uh, Atlantis or whatever it is. Uh, uh, like that's why I liked it. 
and I, I definitely was like, ugh, skip, skip, skip. Like, I don't care about the, like, lore of it at I, all. I think that every Kingdom Hearts game, like, starts off as, like, a delightful romp through what you want, which is, like, Disney and Final Fantasy. And you're like, ah, this is the best. Yeah, right, right, right. My favorite thing. Oh, look at Donald. He's super pissed, and he's going to bulldoze all these men. It's oh, true. boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as soon as it's every da- it's every damn, like, Final Fantasy game or any game, where we walk up a weird fractal staircase that's in the middle yes. of nowhere. Everything's <laughs> right. white. And everything's purple or black. Or yeah, and you're like walking up white, to, to gray. Yes, you're walking up to God's door, and you need to stop them from opening God's door because God will be very angry if he right. comes out because he's making a bunch of snakes out of clay, and if he's disturbed, then <laughs> he'll destroy all of mankind. And this guy will be like, well, he knocked on the door, and he's the main <laughs> bad guy. Like, that's that's every single game that I right. play that's like Japan, where it's like, we're walking up a weird yeah. place we don't know what. It yeah. was about future, now it's about heaven. Yeah, right, 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 right. So yeah. I feel like there's a lot of cop-outs that are overused, and then when you see them, you're like, oh, God. Right. Like Synthwave, where all their aesthetic is just like all 80s regurgitated, like, ridiculous, like, neon laser grid stuff uh-huh. oh yeah yeah it's all the i mean power glove like how yeah. is that not a part of this conversation <laughs> absolutely and there's <laughs> movies like kung fury kung fury is big mm. in synthwave that's mm. a good like modern one that makes use. a lot of sense because yeah. that was did they make it for netflix or was, is it just on netflix no they they uh i i backed the damn thing really I'm, cool i funded the damn thing i that's got more cool. money and everything I knew it was like a, uh, I knew it wasn't like a studio project. Like. No, so like Norway and maybe Finland as well, but like they do a bunch of CGI work for like movies. Mm-hmm. Like if you have like a sharp looking CGI scene, it's probably done in Norway. Oh, interesting. Yeah, these guys just like create all this sharp shit and then they're like, well, I did this and I'm kind of bored. I want to do what I want to do. Sure. So it's just this guy with a studio who's I like, understood that that was the, the like, inspiration behind it i've seen the first like five to ten minutes and it's basically just like let's just do a bunch of shit that we want to do like guns and cars flipping and crazy shit yeah and this plot is like super thin (laughs) we gotta stop hitler from going in forward in time that's it that's the plot and then your quintessential 80s thing like oh i hacked too much time we're in the wrong time we have to get back we got back we're gonna stop hitler movie done oh boy like real simplistic, uh, but yeah. So synthwave gunship is in the UK. Laser Hawk is another favorite band. Laser Hawk. Laser Hawk coming at you from Austin, Texas, I believe. So that's that's from America's standpoint. Is we have Laser Hawk, we have Power Glove, we have oh, the one band that plays all Mega Man music. Oh. I don't know which one they are, but they're. I think I've heard of. That there's a band that does that. <laughs> I think they're named after a character, which is just like Blast Man or something like oh, that. Oh, sure. Um, What's the villain? Or Flash Man. That's what it is. Of Mega Man. Dr. Wiley. Mm. Dr. W I L Y. And he just I can always picture has, him. Yeah, he's got frizzy hair. Yeah, big mustache. <laughs> big mustache on that guy. <laughs> Dr. Light is clean cut, so he's the good guy. Right, of course. This disheveled scientist is the villain. Black hat. White hat. Exactly. Wild West. <laughs> spy versus spy. Spy versus spy. Yeah. For sure. Probably the original. I don't know. Which came first? Probably black hat, white hat from the Wild Westerns. West. Like, Westerns, yeah. Uh I only recently realized that spaghetti westerns are called such because they're Italian. 
Yeah, they're Italian actors and they're all shot in <laughs> yeah. Italy. Yeah. And like it's uh what's the one the like big director's name? <laughs> oh, are you talking about the composer, Enrico mm-hmm. Morricone? Oh, no. Is he the guy who won the he won an Oscar this year for he, the um, Tarantino movie? Yeah, so he does all Tarantino's movies. He did the good, the bad, and the ugly theme. Right. Who's, who fame. directed that? The, like, uh, Fistful of oh, Dollars and oh God. that guy. That guy. I just had it in my head, and it left. Oh, what was it? Was he an Italian director? Yeah. Oh. It's not important. But find out i just need there's gonna to, be a lot of footnotes I know, to this i know episode. i know um the uh but yeah that's like i don't know why i felt like the need to because it's important <laughs> you got a thing you know spaghetti westerns they spaghetti were italian westerns are there oh <laughs> i'm see we live in an age of technology i almost picked up my phone but it, it had dropped on the floor long ago <laughs> well thank god for this table <laughs> <laughs> and the ugly and this podcast will be spent just searching this. Just lots of Googles. Uh, lots of good Googles. <laughs> you can ask me questions though. Like I'm good. Yeah, I was I was thinking of where I should take it. So do you feel like there has always been a connection between video games and synth music for you? Yes. For sure. For sure. Because like if there's like a weird like predatory like like good video game dark. or anything like that like it's like dark. if it's you're like playing something will you listen and be like oh this is dope and like look up the composer or yeah like i'm I'm big into soundtracks like in my purchases uh of cds would always be like the soundtrack to pie like uh basil paduras is my favorite like 90s composer uh-huh so he did like enemy at the gates the movie pie which was like an independent one darren aronofsky darren aronofsky yeah and I've seen fo- it. following that that tangent uh the requiem for a dream soundtrack is dope yeah as yeah 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 use it all the time mm-hmm. my my friend jason was like huge into that movie and this and the music at the time and uh i was like who boy like <laughs> oh, <laughs> make sure boy. you climb out of that dark hole sometimes <laughs> A little bit. We're all about like this weird like. Oh man, yeah. What is that? Oh, I can I can think about it because it's in all those car commercials now. Yeah, yeah. This podcast will be entirely beeps and boops. Uh, Sergio Leone is the Leone, person who directed Leone, The yes. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I swear, I had it in my head before I said Spaghetti Western, and then it was gone. But yeah, Sergio Leone is uh, the the person I was thinking of. Thank you, Internet. Thank you, Internet, <laughs> for your kind gifts. Uh, 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 that's that's funny though. Like to me, I <laughs> the I do think that a lot of the um, like punk music that i know is from playing uh tony hawk pro skater absolutely yeah <laughs> chris blake was just singing a song really uh now in my head uh, da, 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 da. oh the nine reasons why da, 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 da. do do it's a scab band because they had uh-huh. trauma and he goes dur, 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 dur. yep uh-huh uh-huh there's so much um so much like ska punk stuff that I only know because of Tony Hawk's pro, pro skater. Oh man! And like I had a one inline skating game that was the same way too. Oh, not Jet Moto or not Jet Moto? <sighs> no, Jets Jets at Radio. It was like 
it was pretty I think it was a pretty small game like I don't think it ever got widely popular but I just bought it because I liked Tony Hawk Pro Skater and was like this looks similar and it's not expensive and it was like you could like sketch on the back of cars and stuff in very similar ways did you ever sketch in real life I wanted to. I used to. Um, I tried doing it with my dogs. <laughs> like we had big go dogs go. <laughs> we had a big golden retriever, and I tried rollerblade while walking my dog. It did not work. Unfortunately, <laughs> the dog doesn't have so much horsepower. You know, doesn't have a lot of torque in that dog. Have you ever tried uh, sketching IRL? IRL. Have you ever been a skater at all? Yeah, so when you talk about like punk and ska, like that was my high school career is like hanging out with all the punk and ska kids. So we listened like Punkarama, No Effects was big yes. at that time. Um, Nick Johnson, you know Nick Johnson, right? Maybe. No, I don't. He was in the uh, Potential Boyfriends, the the show play. at MCL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He he moved. He relocated to LA like uh, a, a while ago. But um, he talked. He was like my sixth guest, I think, and he talked about No Effects. God bless him. And like a year later, we went to a No Effects show at House of Blues, and it was great. Like yeah. for what it was, like it was great. It was everything you would want it to be. We moshed and. Uh, did you do? You, did you throw bows or were you uh, clean? A little. I was like pretty. I just tried to keep my low center of gravity and use that as an advantage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not too much moving around. Just a lot of like weird like Ugh. get away, get yeah. away, get away. Yeah, there was a decent amount of that. Every once in a while, I would kind of throw myself into the fray, but it was, it was for very like brief. Uh, moments and like mm-hmm. Nick was a good guide through it because he was just like most people are going to be supportive like so don't be scared yeah. if yeah. someone's being a dick someone will probably put them in line if someone like bows you by accident they'll probably pick you up and apologize like yeah. just know that that's what you're getting into and I'm like cool that sounds fun <laughs> that sounds great yeah it was really fun <laughs> it was super fun that's yeah. the only time I've ever done anything like that though no no moshing in like the I don't know what music you were into in high school, but like yeah, there was Bella, a lot. Where it was just like <laughs> Mosh Central every single time. I I fell into that. I think I fell into the the genre of like I was really into boy bands, and then once I kind of graduated from boy bands, it was like one male musical act, like like Jason Mraz and like John Mayer, like Ooh. that kind of. I think that it was like transition into more like adult contemporary type music i guess that makes sense yeah where you're like a little bit more folksy yeah yeah i uh i went from like i have terrible music tastes i mean i, I just told you i was in no, that, sports I mean, bands and jason you, you went with john I actually, mirror i i i will i'll go to bat for jason Mraz. i think he i think most of his singles are very like milk toast pop songs mm-hmm. um but his uh is especially uh his third album uh, I kind of fell off because most of the other stuff after that, like, all runs together and just sounds like I'm yours, like, and he's playing, <laughs> like, and he's like playing it in Hawaii, and I'm like, okay, I get it, I get it. But now. Uh, his third album was like, there was stuff on there. He had like a lot of horns, like, very funky, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of different, like, uh, like, in big ballads. Like, he has a great voice. Um, I don't think he's particularly like musical talented, aside from like being able to make a good funky pop musical song. But he has a great voice. I'll Dang. say that. I will say that about Jason. <laughs> he has a good voice. Good voice. Uh, anyway, uh, what, what did you say? Oh, Most was, people would say you have bad music Oh, because I went all over the board and like got into the weird, like, 
Rob Zombie stuff. And oh, then, boy. But then at the same time, I was like, yeah, Katy Perry, pretty good. <laughs> like, I started Katy Perry is good. She's good, <laughs> but like I would, I started with like Ashley Simpson, oh, and I was okay. like, oh yeah, Ashley Simpson over Jessica Simpson, uh, Ashley Tisdale, any was, one of the pop stars from Disney. Pieces of me. Uh, that's Ashley Simpson. That's what I thought. Papa pieces, pieces Papa pieces, Papa pieces, pieces of, of me. me. I can she do got great. Caught, um, lip syncing. She uh, did, yeah, on SNL. SNL, yeah. And she did a little polka. She was like. <laughs> Uh, very awkward it's so awkward because like she was dressed in like full like are you ready to party i'm a ska girl and yeah. then like face plant as hard as you can like you have gone into the earth you cannot come back and then she like literally stepped did on her jig. own head yeah and did a jig and everyone's like well that's literally the sound bite stepped on her own <laughs> put yakety sax under that you got you got yourself a a good meme yeah, Good it's, clip. I mean, it's it's I think it's only because that happened like right before the Internet really became about segmenting everything into a meme. Oh, yeah. Uh, that it it isn't like everywhere. <laughs> <sighs> it's, uh, sometimes Internet society is good. Sometimes mm, sometimes Internet society bad. I'm really interested to see what the long long term effects of uh, clipping is. Yeah. Yeah. How quickly everything's gotten to that come to a head on that yeah i think that the impact in the outside world is still greater than what you can make in the internet as far as like the internet comments on what is going on in real time Mm -hmm. and if you make an impact there and it's like lasting like i don't know uh like mm, like a cool sports thing Mm -hmm. like no one else can do and he keeps on doing it like this guy's amazing, mm-hmm. and he's the best. He's the best ball player. He has all the balls, and he's just playing with them. And everyone's like, "Man, this guy's so good with the balls, <laughs> I can't not but comment on it." And then it becomes like a thing where it's like they reference it, be like, "Oh, Katy Perry hit it out of the park like the ball guy. <laughs> he plays in a park with the balls, these very ambiguous balls of right. what sport we don't know, but he's really good at it. The ball guy, yeah, yeah, the ball guy." So you put you think that's more or less lasting than like the realism of having an effect on something in the world. I I think that the internet is a good like is a good and bad place to check yourself as far as like if you do something wrong immediately people will check you. Yeah, wow, yeah. And they'll bury you. Sometimes it's a little too harsh where someone just yeah. said like a thing and then they have like repercussions that are way blown out of proportion. Yeah, isn't it <sighs> John Ronson, I think, wrote a book about John like Ronson. being internet shamed. Yeah, that I'm, I'm, I know about, but have not read because that's how I am with books. Um, <laughs> so, so I know that there's a book about this. <laughs> Someone did it. Uh, but it's it's that kind of like concept of like how much is too much. <laughs> how much is too much, guys? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting. I'm just I'm I'm curious to see what the the long-term effects of that are. But then like how many of these bands do you think you would know about if were it not for the internet? God bless them. That's true. Right? Like the Synthwave is solely based on the internet and people like doing collaborations like through the internet. They just send stuff and then they do it. There's a bunch of remixes. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention that there's another band that's uh, one of my favorites, uh Miami Nights 1984. That's the whole name. That's the of whole name the of the band. band. Miami Nights, nineteen eighty-four. Miami Nights. <laughs> what is that a reference to? Miami Do you even Nights. know? Uh, every every single person I've ever met is always like, "Ooh, it's hot, and you're gonna have hot times in the cool summer." Miami Nights. <laughs> I just like saying Miami Nights because it's always hot. 
like you have a hot night. Sure. Because sure. it's Miami nights. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, how did you find music before the internet? Like, that seems like a stupid question, but like, if you got into synth, synth in the first place, mm-hmm. was it, I guess it goes back to that, like, making MIDI versions of Jump, like, there, and doing it on your own. There's that, but, like, if you're talking about, like, before the internet, before, like, MIDIs or anything like that, it was always like, oh, what's Dad listening to? Yeah. And that was on a damn record player. So I had to go find the songs, and I had to recognize albums by the cover art. Wow. So I can tell you what Men at Work's Overkill looks like. That's so funny. Which has, like, Who Can It Be Now, like, Down Under, <laughs> Overkill, <laughs> uh, Automat... Was the one Automaton or something like that? I think I know. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I know that cover so well. That's so funny. But like, so uh, it was more. I just think it was more active than we really have to are forced to be about things that we're interested in. Yeah. Now, yeah. And I know? think your parents' musical taste like really takes a hold. Like back in that day, I'm pretty sure. Like now, it's like, oh, what's that? I'm gonna go find it on the internet. Yes. Uh, but then like in high school, like all those punk and ska kids, we go to record stores. And that was the first I time just, that I'd ever been in a record store, and they'd be like, this is good. Listen to this. Wow. So that's how we found it music. It was also like word of mouth, I think. Yeah. I think that also is why uh, a lot of bands who people can point to and say, like, they were the best didn't ever necessarily have fine success. Because <laughs> no one was talking about them, yeah. Right. Maybe right. they were, like, real good, but also they were kind of curmudgeons. Like, they yeah. would just sit in the corner and be like, don't talk to me. They didn't, or maybe they didn't like Hustle as hard as other bands did to try to, like, get recognition. Like, That's I'm true. sure there's there's an element of, like, hard work to it. Probably doing people were like, I, wa- yourself out there. Yeah, I want to get married. I have other priorities. <laughs> like, I want to start a family. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, suck acid every night and go do a punk sure, show. Sure, yeah. There's there's d- definitely an element there to, like, most uh, endeavors. <laughs> yeah. I want to actually, you know, assemble a life for myself. All I right. don't want to, like... And not try to cobble together. <laughs> oh, God. Part of me wants to do that. Part of me doesn't regret, like, does not want to do that. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but nowadays I feel like I feel like people know how to market. I feel like there's a more at least there's a more like pathway where it's like bands know what to do. Yes, I totally agree. It's not like you're just going, you know, you hear stories about what it was like to try to make it as a stand-up comedian when you mm-hmm. still when you had to like paper shows and like uh I, and I know like bringer shows still exist and like open mics are still an avenue but also like you can put a video of your set on the internet and send it to people yeah Yeah. and that's that's huge it's like the video recording is now like replicable media so like you're like i did a kick-ass thing right like put it up on the the internet exactly exactly it's just a different thing like it's still hard but it's not it's not you know the same it's and i'm sure i think music is like the same way yeah you could have sent someone a a cassette tape but also now you can just make a soundcloud and someone could stumble onto it you could just stream it you could send it to the studio in a nice email form they click on the link right. they listen to three seconds of it then they say this is no. garbage never again <laughs> it's the same process there's just like less right. resources involved where you're like sending a tape and they're like well garbage yeah i have to physically throw this out now my yeah. what, a, what an alignment to me oh boy which is like i'm still kind of blown away that it seems like most casting is still done via physical 
uh, copies of things, which I think is absurd. You know, they're starting to hop on it, at least with like the YouTube crowd. And I'll say this is a band that has a great model is this band called Rest Repose, which is like, I'm into metal. So this is like a kind of like metal band. But they're rest for pose. Rest repose. Rest comma repose. Oh. Uh, and these dudes are just like a bunch of YouTube stars that like play sick guitar separately, and they're like, oh, we got a band, and then they use that. They use YouTube as to a, like. Yeah, to launch other things that they actually want to do. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty. Like I think a lot of people have done. I mean, essentially, Billy Eichner did that. It, like he he did Billy on the street for a while independently and then just kind of put it on the internet and people were like oh this is hilarious and then it got picked up by like really small networks and Mm -hmm. now he's like becoming a television star you know like it's it's well it's like with i i always equate that to like perez hilton Oh. How he just had a blog, and then everyone's like, "Well, I value his opinion." Right? Yes. Yeah. And started getting I think bigger blogging and bigger. is definitely like I l- I listened to a show out of New York called The Read. Yeah. Um, and they were both like just started as bloggers, and one of the one guy, his like YouTube uh, username is Kid Fury, so like that's like what he goes by on the the podcast. Kid Fury. Kid Fury. But they both he especially. I'm not sure. I'm like. I'm listening to all these back episodes, so I don't actually know like what they're. S- I know they're very successful. Uh, <laughs> they are now. I w- I'm listening to the beginning stuff. Where it's not, you know, not too good, but we'll see. No, it's I know really the good. end. It's really good. I just don't know what professionally they do now. Like I know when I was listening to it that the other woman on the show, uh, whose internet name is Crystal, um, Crystal. Crystal at the time that I'm listening to had a day job, but I don't know if she does anymore. Um, like she was on Drunk History recently. She like oh, great. told a, a hilarious story about Harriet Tubman and Octavia Spencer played Harriet Tubman, and oh it's God. the best. Like <laughs> so to me, it's like it's a similar thing. You know, it, it's not like Drunk History is like the be all end all, but mm-hmm. she was an internet personality of sorts to the point where she became well known enough to be on a Comedy Central television show. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's still something to be said for that. Yeah. I, I'm almost wanting to go the reverse where, like, I want to do, like, it in the real world. Mm-hmm. Not to say, like, real world, like, YouTube is discounted by any means, but, like, not be, like, a YouTube star because... Sure. They're just, they just exist there, and then if they stop making videos, like, you're sunk. Yes. Uh, Vicky Eisenstein? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, God bless her, hustled and made, like all like, every single lunch break... We have a new video. That's crazy. And she is up to like what 5k subscribers now. But on the same point, I would say like if you're a YouTube star, I would love and they have these cons that they go to and everyone's like, "Oh, these cons. Boy, I'll go to this con and I'll see my favorite YouTube star in real life and be immediately disappointed because the media somehow has not fit that person anymore." And I, I want to do, like, everything where it's, like, I'm real good in the real world. Like, I'm very personable, and I do shows and make an impact just physically. Sure. People in the audience are, are like, just the person who I'm talking to. Sure. Like, right now. See, right. This is a weird transcendence because I'm talking to you. I have visual cues and everything like that. Like, we could sit in the whole podcast being uh-huh. like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But if someone but it's an auditory medium right so it's an auditory medium but like both are entertaining just on a different level yeah i want to encompass all of that that's really interesting i i think i would have to agree that i don't necessarily envy like 
I don't know. It's hard to say, like, I don't envy 5K YouTube subscribers, like, especially for all the work that goes into it. I don't know. Yeah. What does it look like? There's a, there's a guy who like he you might have I I uh I had to look up his name but I had heard of him before he like called into uh, Chris Gethard has a a new podcast oh he does yeah oh and it's 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 just like he takes anonymous calls and talks to the person for like an hour didn't he do a bit on the Chris Gethard show where he did that like, I think it is yeah but was that back on anonymous. public access or? Yeah, yeah I think so but this guy called and was like I'm the most prolific songwriter ever. Because he like has written like eighteen thousand songs and basically just like sits down at his computer, writes a song, like basically improvises the entire thing, uh, and then like cuts it and like it's a song now. Wow. Um, so like he and Gethard just like got into this really long conversation about like the merits of being that kind of artist versus like the guy who called in basically claimed that like he thinks most people with artistic tendencies are full of shit like Mm -hmm. he he like doesn't think he basically thinks that like anyone who like claims to be a tortured artist is like is not is like it's all for appearance and i'm like Mm -hmm. dude (laughs) just because you aren't like doesn't mean other people (laughs) aren't like fuck up (laughs) (laughs) i speak for all people when i say you're full of shit right it's like just because you the way you want to do art is to just produce eighteen thousand songs yeah doesn't mean that it makes any other person's like process less i don't know he, he seemed it was like i said like it's just, just like a really interesting personality and a totally different way to look at it uh, is i i have like an outlook like everyone has like an outlook on life mm-hmm. and like how what motivates them like what they do mm-hmm. they're a tortured artist and i always say that like every possibility is out there like you can investigate and do everything and that crafts you as like a person it defines your character sometimes mm-hmm. but like i like to think that everything is available to you and at any one point in time like it is it is the most important thing and at the same time it is utter bullshit <laughs> sure yeah. so like every, like that guy could be like oh man i i think torture artists are bullshit and then like he sits down and he's like great all torture artists are bullshit and goes and sits on a pile of newspapers and just slowly like sinks into the ground. Right. <laughs> and then he gets up and he's like, I'm going to write a song now. And that's his existence. Like, he, maybe he's the most prolific songwriter. Those, song, those songs are great. Right. But like, if you look, like, if you were to peer at him at that moment, you'd be like, this man is the saddest man in sure. the world. That's really interesting. Yeah. I do think there's a very specific dichotomy to that, uh, to like, I want to do this. Why do I want to do this? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that, like, you're passionate about it and you have all these motivations, like all the books that are like, oh, let's write, let's write a great thing because, you know, it's God's will or mm-hmm. because you're spiritually enlightened mm-hmm. to do it. And I, I, like, I think that there's, like, credit to that because, like, it does motivate you and it does get you to do the thing that you want. And if it's spirituality guiding you, or if it's, like, a force that you believe that is guiding you. And sometimes I believe that. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, no, this is very spiritual. I feel that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I know that in a vacuum of, like, an atheist world where they're like, they're like, well, no, it's, it is because you just did it. Yeah. Like, you just did it. Then I'm, I'm fine with both. It's, yeah. like, a weird thing where, I like, I... I can see, like, I can, I don't discount anyone. Uh-huh. Where I'm like, atheism, sure. Like, it's all just like, this table is just a table. 
And if we break it and burn it, it is gone. It will not be a table anymore. We will not have the same table. Sure. And people will be like, no, it's the wood. It came from the earth and the trees and everything like that. And it's I, a circle of life and like the ashes will go into the ground. Yeah. And, <laughs> and maybe it's maybe it's just like assigning an importance to like a physical thing where it's like this is important because of this. Mm-hmm. And that's the this a view that people have. And I like to embody all those views and like not discount any any one person i think i think that's a good way to be because it's hard to be absolute when they're about things that don't have absolute you know absolutism (laughs) abs yeah yeah Yeah. right exactly yeah when when things aren't yeah when they don't have absolute i like that um so i think why not try to incorporate all of it yeah, look at both sides. I always say, like, you're looking at one side of the coin if you don't look at everything. So look look at all of the coin. Do you think there is, uh, do you think there's something to that with the, with this, uh, synthwave stuff? Like, hell yeah, because they did it in the 80s, but by God, it's back. <laughs> it's here to stay. This is the music of the future. Beep, bop, boop, beep, bop, boop, 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 I know before we started, you're, uh, commenting on, like, or maybe at the top of the show that you, that you had never left, you know? Like, I have never left. Like a, I've a been lot here of people are coming 100%. back to it. You you are all suckers. <laughs> I am the king now. This is my music, and we're here. You listen to my garbage now. Oh yes, I've always been here. I've always been like our show. Battlemasters always has like some weird eighties. It's so like, fun. I was going to point out that like with all these names, you can't help but acknowledge your own Battlemasters. <laughs> like, we're a two or two person duo to force, and our name is Battlemasters, and we do kick-ass shows <laughs> with very 80s aesthetics that are now coming back in the scene so we we are we are the dreamers that's so and we funny are the makers of the dreams yeah because even your um show art is all like it, laser grids god and, yes <laughs> but you love that stuff too like you love the music but you also love the aesthetics of the uh genre and everything oh yeah like i love any sort of like weird like splashy like real predatory or like real like metallic font with like a bunch of like <laughs> you know lens flares on the letters to make it all shiny mm-hmm. and then a hot neon pink like uh s- slider comes in and it's like it illuminates <laughs> it's like too bright then it comes back down and it's like ultra that's what i want where do you think the line excuse me i was talking to a recent guest about this uh and he, we had this conversation. His topic was Home Alone 3. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> That's the one where they do snowball guns and there's a gerbil. Is that correct? I believe so. It's like at his, it's a different kid. It's the first, yeah. it has not Macaulay Culkin. And, and there are three thieves now. There's a weird dude. Correct. Who's like a weird like Seth Green character. Uh-huh. And there's a woman, and there's some other dude that like I don't a, a dude with like a ponytail. They're all like kind of Euro trashy, oh. uh, but like it's like this spy movie kind of like yeah. The kid steals or not steals this, and they they spend the first like ten minutes in the movie setting up <laughs> this like it's like this chip <laughs> that controls like Russian missiles gets switched at the 
airport with this yes. old lady's bag and the old lady lives next door to the kid and the kid mows her lawn and she's like, I brought you, like, here's this. I ended up with it by accident or something like that. Here's your payment for mowing lawns. Exactly. A GPS ship Sho- to a nuclear warhead. It's, it's it's like inside of a, <laughs> it's inside of an RC car. <laughs> How clean. But the reason I bring it up is because we ha- it spawned a conversation that I find interesting, which is like the irony level of liking something. Where I believe that like there are a lot of things that we go through cycles of of like when you liked it first, it was a genuine joy for this thing. Like I just, oh man, that fucking, I love it. And then eventually, it rides into this era of like, whew, I can acknowledge this is not all it's cracked up to be, but I still love it. Like still <laughs> and, diehard fan. Like look at how dumb this is. Like I like it so ironically. Is kind of like where that shifts in. I think. Yeah. And then I think there's a line you cross again that's just like I used to. I used to be ironic about this, but I'm just fully embracing that I think it's awesome. <laughs> oh, you come back to it where you're like, mm-hmm. awesome? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think because there is like a movie or something like that that I've had the privilege of going through those trenches and troughs. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I think it was, it was a, it's got to be a cartoon for sure. And it was... There was one that no one watched, and I was like, this is the dopest. <laughs> this is the dopest one. And you, you stuck around with it because you're like, I know about it and think it's great, but no one else this. does. I think, and this is going to sound real like nerdy, and uh, you're going to hate it. <laughs> but I was all about, like, do you guys remember, like, uh, fucking Battletech? And, like, really Mech vaguely. Warrior? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very vaguely, but yes. So they had, like, shows about, like, Mech Warrior and stuff like that. And I was like, these are dope as hell, everybody. <laughs> Look at these giant robots. They got lasers on it and, like, sure. people die in it. And I'm reading this yeah. as a young kid. People are dying. Mortality is real. Gotcha. And, like, it was, like, super graphic and, like, got into, like, this weird, like, clan war. What Like, getting into the clansmen, all this, like, subculture about, like, oh, man, the Commonwealth. And the the five star fist. Oh, like, like all th- Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, well, it's not like magic or anything like that. That's just like this organization that's called like the Five Star Fist. Oh. So like, and you have like all sorts of different names for like the battalions and sure. stuff like that. Right. Got into that deep dark hole, and everyone's like, "Nah, it's dumb as hell." Speaking of deep dark holes. <laughs> all right, I can't wait to see where this goes. You mentioned that you wanted to speak on ASMR at some point. And I feel like there would be no better time than this one where we're talking about enjoying things and ironically enjoying things and unironically enjoying things. This is a pure joy for me (laughs) because when I heard it, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the world. (laughs) And people have a million YouTube videos about this. And if you'll permit me, I would like to perform some for you. People buy binaural microphones that look like ears and they go in from one side and then the other and they they simulate as if an intimate partner was talking to you in the night and sometimes they'll rub fabric 
Is that the draw of it for real? I don't know if I ever realized that part of it was that it is like it, literally sexual, like a partner talking into your ears. Sometimes, but other times it sounds stupid when you go like this. <laughs> Or a former coworker, who actually is into ASMR. Uh, he experiences it. Yes. Do you want me to continue? I can continue. I will answer all your questions in ASMR. That's what we're gonna do. With the funniest thing about these videos is that, like, more often than not, that is actually what they're doing—is like describing what's happening, right? They it's not like they're telling. Oh, you said someone. Would <laughs> Maybe it wasn't you. It might have been Kyle Talley who said. Uh, he does not, but he went on a date with a woman who records it for a living. Well, which one? I don't know. Yeah. You'd have to ask him. Kyle Daly, please call me. My <laughs> phone number is 269 Oh, no. I don't know if this is real. <laughs> because I need to know who it was so I can watch the videos and then meet her in real life and say, oh, why? He said that... Uh, when they went out, she described it in a way that ma- led him to believe she looks at it like sex work. I would think so. Uh, what tr- I have a trigger from ASMR that is not ASMR. It just reminds me of my first girlfriend ever because she would do it and she would stick her tongue in my ear. So I now have an automatic trigger to <laughs> and it is terrible because that relationship was garbage. Oh no. <laughs> it was in high school and it, it was so dumb. So there you go. How long did you date that woman? I dated her on and off for a solid eight months. <sighs> tough, tough times. <laughs> um I feel like there was one other thing I was going to ask you about it. Oh, he said that someone, he has seen an ASMR video where someone read the Jabberwock. That is extremely dumb. <laughs> but not far off. People like to be read to like a child. And they also like to do 
ASMR where it's just a doctor's visit, like an eye exam or a dental appointment. I don't know why it's non-sexual. They just go through an exam and it is so dumb. They dress but those up. Are, those aren't even like sexy doctor things. Neither are latex gloves grinding against one another in your ears, but somehow they do it. I hope to God there's one role-playing where they go to a monster truck derby <laughs> and his wife is trying to tell him an important secret but just can't because Grave Digger is jumping <laughs> over 12 buses. I can't wait for that role-play. That's my favorite one. Combining the loudest sounds with the softest sounds. You have to make that. There'd be no way to equalize it. We had one idea for ASMR where I say, look at this jar. Isn't it soothing? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I dropped the jar. I'm now going to pick up the pieces. Do you hear it? Oh, it it's cutting me. This is very bad. Oh, and we'll have to get a dustpan and a broom. This is a lot of so messy. <laughs> Damn it. Don't worry though. I will continue in the video. Honey, we got we got it. Oh, it's not there? It's upstairs? Alright. I have to go upstairs. My wife has moved things around the house. And um I don't know where anything is anymore. I do not run my own house. Well, why don't you keep it there? <laughs> Just don't do it. I'm doing my video. Stop it. I have to go now. Does it have to be? Um, does there have to be a video element? Do you know if there are people who can like only who only experience it when they like can actually watch it, or do you think it's just mostly auditory? Or do you know? No, I think that it's primarily auditory because if you have a stereo headset and there are two channels, then I I can see it working just audible, mm -hmm. orally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where it's just audio, mm -hmm. orally, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and visually is optically. Mm -hmm. So sounds optically. Okay. Yes. I'm glad I remembered to bring it back around to that. I'm glad you did. <laughs> if you just want to clip that out and uh, <laughs> and just listen to it, post it somewhere, listen to it on loop. Uh, yeah, do do whatever you do whatever you want with it. Oh, I will. I'll listen to my own voice and get off on my own voice. I am the true egotist and metrosexual. I am in love with myself. <laughs> So, yes, thank you for this experience. You're welcome. It's <laughs> so terrifying. Something about it is horribly unsettling. Everything about it is unsettling. <laughs> no one should like the sound of lips going over teeth and a bunch of... <laughs> I should drive one and if it doesn't, I don't want to say that you're broken, but maybe you should get something checked out. <laughs> no. 
hey man, I don't know. Got to look at the other side of that coin, you know. You know what? Yeah, that's one side that I, I refuse to look at. You're right. You just want to glue that ASMR penny to the ground. <coughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Uh, that's like one of those pennies that like someone like intentionally like put bubble gum on and set right. for you to pick up. Right. That's right. that one. All right, I'll take that. Oh. <laughs> no, I'll look at both sides of the coin. I can't breathe. Oh, oh. God, that was so funny. <laughs> um, I feel... Oh, I want to be sure that you feel like you got enough time talking about... Um, ASMR? <laughs> no. Oh, Synthwave? Synth yeah. Oh, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think I did. I mean, I, I encourage people to check it out because if you're into that, uh, this this is a really good time because I feel like it's about on the bubble. It's 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 been getting increasingly popular in France and the UK, mm -hmm. and, and you think it's moving into the US? I think that, like, the New York has kind of adopted some of it. Like, they, like, Laserhawk is probably, like, the premier, like, dude that i know of uh -huh. in the u.s aside from power glove like power glove is probably the driving force but um do you think daft punk was a big part of that because i feel like a few when um like get lucky whatever that album was featuring pharrell williams yes uh that kind of i think put it into the cultural zeitgeist I think it, I think it put them back into it. I feel like they're like train where they right have, back into it. I should have said that. Yeah, but I feel like train Daft, Daft Punk is like train. Wow. Okay. Like Hey Soul Sister. Like like made everyone drops go. Drops Jupiter oh. and then Hey Remember Train and right. then they come back with another hit and then right. you're like, okay. That's that's probably a more, uh, an accurate uh, comparison in terms of their uh, lasting like. Uh, yeah, being they around. Just, they just like kind of go dormant. Like they're still releasing music, but people are like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then they come up with that one hit, and then mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I remember Train. Yeah, Drops of Jupiter. I'm gonna go back and listen to Drops of Jupiter. Sure. Um, and Daft Punk did that with uh, that stupid uh, One More Time. Oh yeah, their one big hit Time. Celebrate, and that was like huge because everyone was like, I love partying. This is great. Yeah. Um. So. And then Get Lucky was the same. <laughs> Get Lucky was like, yeah, everyone's like, party time, great, Def Punk is party. Yeah. And then when they don't do a party album, like when they do like Crescendals, everyone's like, no, that's good music, I just don't listen to it. Right, that's as interesting. Much. Yeah, I, I feel like mainstream does that. Yeah. Ba ba stream. Ba ba. So like Daft Punk is always going to be like, oh man, I want to have a party. I want to listen to Daft Punk. And if they don't do that, then they're like, okay, well, we're still releasing music and it's still successful. Like they're still successful. But as soon as they get that party song jump up that's charts. when it actually but yeah it's almost like more power to them for if in the in-between they still manage to like make stuff that is different and you know who knows what about it they actually enjoy making the most but at yeah. least discovering a bunch of different things and yeah. then going like, uh, I guess we can like kick out another party jam. <laughs> another party jam. <laughs> I mean, they were big in the electronic industry or electronic scene, I should say, not industry, mm -hmm. because everyone was like, "Yeah, I'll jam that," mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that that is what kept them like alive and actually like gain popularity. And then once they do like a funk like Pharrell Williams thing, like they want to do that, then it's like instantly like right huge thumbs up from everybody. Right, 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 right. That it, it covers enough interest that people are more on board than when it's a little more like specifically electronic. Yeah, it's like because uh, EDM started to come up with like Dead Mouse, like everyone knows who Dead Mouse is, 
and then there's Zed, and there's another band called Zed's Dead, which is a total. I think it's a separate guy, but like the EDM community like has all these bands. Like it was like with Skrillex and like yeah. Dubstep and everything like that that they kind of gained a little more flavor. Uh huh. And then now it's kind of like we're we're hitting EDM where it's like there's a million dudes in the game. They all have Ferraris. They're all doing these mega shows where there's like just a bunch of lasers and shit, and they're just like spinning discs. I think we've hit that like point where it's like, great, we have that. Go to Vegas, listen to that. Sure. But like Synthwave is like a weird like, let's put on a movie that this goes to and just watch it. Interesting. So it's like a weird like, like indie EDM scene. I guess. Okay. I don't know. There's like new wave retro as well, and that's like in the same like category, but like they're they're not that big, so they're like just a weird community. It's like let's go to a bar, watch a movie. Okay, okay, I see where you're going. It's like more that's more how the community at large would experience and take in that music as opposed to like listening to it in clubs. Yeah, so th- it probably wouldn't be in a club. Like that's it would, interesting. It would be a very select club. That like it's synthwave night or it's new retro night. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but some I I want to know where they are in Chicago because yeah. I'm like if they're there, I bet that party's point, awesome. Point this guy to it. <laughs> point me to it. I already gave out my phone number on the podcast, <laughs> you did. so you know you have my contact information. I, <laughs> I nervously talked over it, but I'm sure you could still make it out. <laughs> You'll have to decipher the letters. It's a secret for you. <laughs> what do you uh, do? You feel like there's anything else that you would be remiss to not mention about synthwave and about your love of this music and this like the kind of culture surrounding it and like eighty, <coughs> you know, these laser hawks and uh, the laser, laser hawks grids and the perturbators and, and the <coughs> the VHS tapes and the mega drives. <coughs> um, it kicks ass. Yeah. It really puts you in the mood to be like, I'm going to, it's like if you were to walk like sunset in Chicago and see the sunset like creeping through the buildings, it's very picturesque to just like walk down and be like, I'm going to cruise to this. Cool. Or I'm just going to walk down there. Like it's super good to listen to when you're in that mood where you're like, I got to get shit done or I'm going to take a cool walk and I'm I'm the king of the world. Is that what you blasted on your farewell tour? Oh, yeah, I quit my job, and then I had a giant 80s ghetto blaster, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I blasted some of that, and uh, mm-hmm. it was so fun. Like, everyone, it puts a smile on everyone's face. Everyone's like, oh, this is ridiculous, but also I remember this, and also I like it. That's great. All three of them. That's great. Yeah, that, that kind of goes back to, like, enjoying something via irony, like, recognizing that there's that there is a ridiculous nature to it but like loving the shit out of it anyways yeah i bring the ridiculous nature and then we're like party mm-hmm. everyone's like uh yeah i'll party yeah with you. <laughs> this is legitimately great and then when they hear the music they're like this is a dope jam and they're in it and they're like <laughs> i'm actually partying i'm doing it right now party 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 i love that i think it also folds in nicely to the last thing i'll ask which is how do you feel like your love of synthwave and uh all of that uh has affected your life both creatively and i know we've talked about that Mm. a a little bit and also in general we've definitely talked about that too but just tie a little ribbon on it tie a little ribbon on it um yeah i i've listened to synthwave for like a while but like like lately i've got into like i need to find new music and i need to do it right now and these are the people that i'm doing and it helps me just be like real determined and uh I'm sorry, what was the question? Uh, how do you feel like it influences you creatively? Yeah, so creatively, I quit my job. Um, I ran into like a dark patch uh, this past like fall and winter 
So like I would say that like as of right now, and I'm sure there's plenty worse that's gonna happen. But like that, that is that I can punctuate that as being like that's the worst time of my life. Really? Yeah. Bummer. So. Well, I'm glad you you made choices to get out of it. Yeah. So uh, like it really like it just grinding and being like oh Jesus Christ like what what's going on and just not like being in charge of my own life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then slowly just saying to myself you know what people can do this I can do this starting to listen to like more synth wave which is dumb it's a dumb thing because you're like no you would listen to like an uplifting like folk song or like a real like empowered one like i don't know uh, right like a mainstream like Katy Perry or like yeah you're gonna heal me <laughs> or firework is another yeah, one sure, 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 i mean i could go in the deep cuts of katy perry i am i've been listening the to perry these well. two uh songs by a woman named lizzo like kind of on repeat recently mm-hmm. because I can't think of or find anything else that's similar to them and I even put on Facebook and Twitter like please help me find other songs that are like this because I think they're amazing. Like Pandora didn't help you at all? Uh, I haven't tried Pandora but I did go on Spotify and like try to listen to Lizzo's other music and it like mm-hmm. wasn't the same. It was like more uh, more like hip hop and like less like what these two songs are. One of them is called Good As Hell and yeah like that's what i'm talking about like even just the title and you turn it on and it's like just this beautiful like uh just this woman's like i get uh wait i give my hair toss check my nails baby how you feeling feeling good as hell like it's just fucking like i listen to it it just makes me feel good as hell (laughs) good as hell that makes me want to walk down the street be like yes here we go it's a good it's a really good like throw it on the radio put the windows down like it's good it's good shit those are the jams i'm looking for right and uh if you're listening to this and you think you can approximate other songs that are like that the other one is um they used it in the in the cold open for the first episode of Broad City this year, which was like how I discovered the song. Um, but it's like a very similar. I, now I'm like blanking on how it goes, but it's a very similar message of just like, uh, like fuck the haters, I'm great. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's but for you, that's that's been synthwave of late. It's been synthwave, and it's been like a couple other songs where I'm like, yeah, we're just jamming. But you're right, where it's like feel good as hell, mm-hmm. like. I I it's just like determination and being like you gotta do it. That's great. Like if you if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it now. I was like I have to I have to have more time and I just need to do it now. And mm-hmm. I, you kind of have that sense. I don't know if you if you feel this, but I kind of have the sense where I'm like, yeah, I have the mental facilities and like I have the drive and hopefully you know like the the talent to do what I want to do. Why am I not doing it? Yeah, I do feel that way and think that way. On my on my good day, like on my, like, good, on my good days, my bad days. Yeah, it's like, what am I doing? I should probably be investing more in this job I don't like. <laughs> it's uh, probably more, you know, but like, you know, it goes it goes back and forth. It goes back and forth. But good, good for you. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Thank I'm you. sure the like difference in uh, general well being is marked. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> we we just finished like an original pilot. Like we just finished the revisions. That's we're gonna great. do a table read, and then we are like we finalized most of like my writing packet. Um, That's awesome. So we just been working and just doing like I've accomplished more in this past week than I have like half the year. Man. That's crazy. That's such good, like, that's such a motivator, too, to just be, like, 
if you think you can do it, just pull the trigger and like work your ass off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to save up. Yeah. You don't want to yeah, be, you right. wanna be like, well, that's what, if you think you can do it, being, if you think you can safely financially make that decision. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I did. We'll see. Got two months on the clock right now. We burned a week and we're looking pretty good. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you, man. Thank you. It's cool to hear that uh, this all has been a part of that in, 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 in empowerment. <laughs> it is. It's all empowerment. Like everything we've talked about is empowerment <laughs> and you should go out there Not and do this. it. Like your enjoyment in like sit new uh, in synth wave and stuff like that. Oh, been, yeah. Like an empowerment thing for you. Absolutely. I will walk down the street and feel like the king of the world when I'm listening to a certain song. That's how I he- feel when I listen to it. Good as hell. Good as hell. <laughs> Well, this podcast was good as hell, if you ask me. <laughs> hey, I'll agree with you on that. It good as hell, Marybeth. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and talking to me. Thank you for having me. I love you, and I mean that. I love you, too. I love you so much. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.